0: Hello and welcome to the November Internationals Round Four wrap up, brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for be predictions and opinion. Yes, and the November Internationals are wrapping up, not only but we'll wrap up that last round for you. And joining me um, is someone who we haven't seen for a long time.
1: Herman, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Paul, it's good to be back. Really good to be back. Talking some rugby on the Mondays with you. Been missing that. <laughs>
0: Back and uh, yeah, and it's just and it has been one hell of a window of rugby. We've uh, there's been close games, there's been upsets, um, and uh, it's it's been all over the shop. Um, so let's dive straight in because we have something like 15 games to get through. <laughs> <Getting us off. laughs> wow, um, Romania versus Uruguay. Um, Uruguay had a, a bit of a tough uh November window, but managed to come through and win this one at twenty twenty seven. Um oh, Arrug- Uruguay won it? Yep, Uruguay won it. Yep. Um, oh, right, right. Um uh, Romania still recovering from their uh, obviously their, their, their disqualification um from the uh, the qualification for the World Cup. Um yeah. not and uh, but it did take Uruguay uh, an eighteen minute converted try to win this game. So uh it was all evened up on seventy um seventy two minutes uh, and then uh, um, Uruguay managed to pull away uh, and score again to to take the lead back back again um on 80 minutes so yeah so t- tight game there uh, over in romania um let me know when I come across again you've actually seen
1: um Herman <laughs> um, <laughs> no Germany. My, uh, my, Germany. My, mission, my, my mission now is to try to find even, just find a highlight reel from this match we've <laughs> done with. Show. <laughs> it was a last minute try, but it's always, that's always worth seeing. It is. That's true. Um, yeah. I've got no idea. I mean, I, I've got the name of
0: the score, try scorer, but A, I can't pronounce it, and B, I've got no idea where where they play. Uh, no, um, no, no. So Georgia uh, beat Tonga um, in Tbilisi twenty to nine. Um, again, Georgia decent, I mean, a good win for them. Uh, but clearly disappointed from their first uh, losing to Italy in that first round, which basically was their their rugby World Cup for this year, or their biggest game pretty much since the, since playing Tonga in the last Rugby World Cup. Um, so that's uh, Georgia beat Tonga to in the Rugby World
1: Cup last year to get automatic qualification. They've gone and done it again. Yeah, it seems like Georgia kind of thrives against the Pacific teams. Seems like they they are these Georgian boys were up for battle. <laughs>
0: but if you if you get to any um, if you talk to, to any kind of European um, pre-game chat about a sort of one of the home nation or one of the Six Nations teams playing one of the Pacific Islands, they always say, "Oh yes, what you need to do is keep it tight um, and basically ruck and more them to the uh, to win the game. Uh, don't play too expensive rugby. Don't don't uh, don't join in with their kind of play. That's exactly what Georgia is." <laughs> <laughs> so, and Georgia have got the perfect game um, to play Pacific Island teams, to be honest
1: Yeah, I they I mean, see. I mean, we will get to that a lot later But it's, it, it might even get interesting in the group stage of the, the World Cup Because Georgia is going to play both Fiji and the Wallabies And especially with the Wallabies' downward spiral at the moment Right referee, right referee, right weather—you know, bounce of a rugby ball. Who knows? Who knows? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, if they do, that'll be
0: Georgia's first ever win against a Tier One nation. So, yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm backing Fiji to be much to, to be the upset team in that. So. yeah, me
1: too, me too, me too. But it's fun to speculate a little bit. <laughs> it is just a little bit. We'll
0: get on to Fiji later because that was an amazing game. Yep. Um, one game that wasn't amazing was Italy versus New Zealand.
1: Uh, the score was three sixty six, And, yeah. Uh, did you watch this one? I only watched the beginning before the other game started. And, I mean, I checked in on it again, but it seems like every, every single time I checked in on it, it seems like New Zealand had made another score, you know. It seemed, it's like kind of depressing because it seems like Italy, they don't even have a plan how to keep the score down, you know. It's, like, it's just like headless rugby. I mean, can, shouldn't you be able to – I mean, they, they're – are we tier one, tier two? We're like somewhere in the middle, but we, we got the finances at least. I mean, shouldn't they be able to negate the All backs a little bit better after all these years they've been having, a, get, giving a shot to do it? I mean, it's. They, yeah, not, I mean, just, they, I guess. It should they, be harder things, for all backs to improve. Should, sorry, I mean, it should be harder for all backs to keep improving and for Italy to keep improving because Italy starts like from a way lower level it'd be much more easier for them to keep on improving.
0: They they should be able to close the gap at least, yes, you're right. Uh, the I guess Italy have changed from trying to be a side who would just try and keep the score down to one that tries to win occasionally. And I guess with that comes the it becomes harder to switch back into that trying to keep the score down kind of thing. But um yeah, I i it, it was I'm not, I'm not thinking much much talk about this one. Uh, New Zealand rolled out to I me mean, they actually even rolled out Kieran Reed, um, Bowden Barrett. Etc., uh, Damien McKenzie, So, we actually had some first line players in this game as well. This wasn't New Zealand versus Japan where they rolled out an entirely, um, an entirely second 2nd string side. So, yeah, um, this was, this was
1: always going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting with those selections you mentioned there. Right? Doesn't you, don't you reckon this was like a little bit of a message from, uh, Steve Hansen where Like, because there was some criticism of Kieran Reid. No, 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 he's like, Really aggressive to the press. No, no, no. He's captain. It's ridiculous. Reid leads the haka on, Saturday, <laughs> right on the Saturday. He plays, and then also with, with all the Moanga talk, like he was very clear that Hansen was doubling down on Barrett and McKenzie. These are my two starters. Like that's.
0: that's I, th- well, I think there's a case that D- yeah, Kieran Reed wanted to play and make up uh, and get it out of his and get the island game out of his system. So yeah, there was definitely an element of that. Uh, and I think the other thing is. This switch of styles that he's been talking about—that no one seems to be able to identify. <laughs> what is it? What, you know? Um, and uh, it's definitely—it's definitely, it's definitely <laughs> to do with two playmakers. And so I think part of it also was to, to just to give uh, Bowden Barrett and Dave McKenzie more game time together uh, to be able to switch more seem- to try and make it as seamless as possible as to when as to knowing which one
1: you're going to go to. Uh, so I think that's yeah. also part of it. Yeah, I mean, and it's, only, and it's only five games left now for the World Cup. And New, so, Zealand need to be, New Zealand need to be more or less ready to go from the first game because they played the Springboks in the first round.
0: Well, they have to, yes. Well, basically, they... they, they, so they, get, they get it. Whatever we're
1: doing, we, we need to nail it from day one.
0: Well, it's kind of nail it on on day one and then go on holiday and come back to knockouts because, yeah. <laughs> because they have the weakest pool in the entire competition.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like three proper training runs we're going to get there.
0: So, yeah, they play Italy again in that competition, and then it's also Canada and Namibia. Um, as I say, the, yeah, the, the weakest, weakest ball. Anyway, talking of Japan, Japan, um, hosted Russia in, um, King's Home, which is a stadium in Gloucester, England, uh, and they won 32 27. I'll be honest, yep. that's all I
1: know about that one, but, um, I would have thought Japan huh? would, have, would have scored a few more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but Japan looked pretty, pretty poor in this one, and Russia was spirited. It's almost like, Japan was thinking a little bit too much, oh, but we're, we're number 11 now, we're the big boys, you know, and thought we didn't need to put in the effort. And they, they were pretty much saved by uh, by their captain, Michael Leach, who scored actually two extraordinary individual tries, which is pretty good for being a flanker. I mean, he shouldn't do that.
0: And uh, arguably he was man of the match uh, in the uh, England-Japan game the weekend before, so he's in he's in a real rich fame, uh, vein of thought form at the moment. I agree, I agree. And I think he took a bit of a break from international rugby, so perhaps um that sabbatical and that break. I think he took some criticism for doing so, but maybe that break was a good thing for him, uh, to make sure he was fresh and, and still going for when it came round to this this um the Rugby World Cup. He has transferred over to the Sunwolves for next season, so it's going to be interesting to see. Actually no, sorry. Transferred over to someone's last season.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't uh, play too many games. We are we probably going to rest him in a couple of games this season too, you know, because he's like his primary mission is being captain for Japan. Yep. Yeah. Um, we
0: then had one of the more dour games of the weekend: Scotland fourteen, Argentina nine. Two sides, kind of nowadays, well, Scotland especially renowned for trying to play the game at a pace above everyone else. And Argentina, a side that's basically given up on scrummaging and decided to throw the ball around. <laughs> so, I mean, this should have been, this, this had all the ingredients of being a, a, um, an exciting rugby.
1: Correct, Paul. Yeah. Maybe that's also why we, why me included are being so hard on this game afterwards, you know, because I, I, I watched parts of it during when it was live and I re-watched it the full game afterwards. and. It was almost like during the second half while re-watching it, it was almost like making a compromise with myself, you know, but should you really like wh- finish watching this or you just finish watching just because it's so bad? Can it get even worse, you know? Because it, it was frustrating many mistakes. Both team, but, so It was good intentions, but the execution was horrible from everyone and everywhere, you know. It was like, I mean, I, I think Argentina missed that. Like, Four kicks, you know. We left like 11 points out, there, or 12 points. was it, even five kicks? Four or five kicks. And so, two, three of them were, sit- were sitters. So they, nearly, I mean, was, they, they
0: they could have nearly won the game with just the game, oh, yeah, which they didn't
1: easy, score. Easy, easily, easily. <laughs> but both teams also gave away, like, like got great line breaks, you know, great offloads. Just did, like, completely ruin and wasted it in the next moment. It was like a lot of, that. oh, no, that can <laughs> Well, <laughs> it hurts. It hurts to watch. It hurts to watch it.
0: Well, yeah, okay. Well, that's. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't uh, didn't spend my life watching that one then. Um, yeah. <laughs> the we, we uh, and and it probably comes to explain why Scotland is in that third group of of, of teams. You've got uh, Italy, you've got some sorry New Zealand and Ireland in the top two. You've then got a group of three teams in sort of South Africa, uh, Wales. Sorry, if it comes first: Wales, England, and South Africa. And then you got um, the rest of the tier, sort of tier one teams beneath that, like Scotland, France, Argentina, Australia. And it probably shows that that's where Scotland really are. Um, They're not up to that. Spain then hosted Samoa in Madrid, and uh, Samoa won that one 10-28. Samoa really needed to win this game. Uh, A, Spain is having to rebuild after having um, uh, a couple of their players disqualified, uh, and then also banned for uh, inappropriate actions. Uh, and Samoa's had a poor window, been taking a lot of flack back home um, about their performances. Uh, and uh, yeah, they definitely needed this win.
1: Yeah, they did. It's sad but Samoa. It seems like it's, I mean, just like seven, eight, nine years ago, it looked like they could have like a great test stream in, in rugby. But they seemed to, yeah, they're just going downwards on the world rankings these days.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, there is there, a glimmer of hope in that they've been, uh, they've now got a, a seat on the World Rugby Governance Board, which shows that they've actually got some of their governance issues sorted out. Because Tonga still haven't got a, uh, a seat on that board yet because they haven't got theirs sorted out. So hopefully their off the field issues are going to be uh, going in the right direction, which, which should hopefully sh- show up on the field as well.
1: Yeah. But... Then.
0: Um, sort of big game of the weekend and Mr Rugby World Cup has said don't mention the Wobblies um, yeah, we're <laughs> going to talk about the Wobblies uh, England versus Wallabies, um, sorry, wobbly, uh, wallaby, sorry. Um, England versus Australia finished 37-18 uh, it looks like a. if you look at just the score you'd say oh, England, easy England victory but this was a, a Well, up until half time it was very close and then uh, England just pulled away in the second half um, quite comfortably.
1: Yeah, England's first 30 minutes of the second half, so they're also very, very dominant from England. There's no Australia were poor, but yeah, you have to hand it to England too. It looked like getting this feeling that England is finally starting to get like a little bit of this English identity that Ed Jones has been talking about. We, we looked and played like an English team, but we, and the positive thing is that they looked pretty good while doing it, actually. It's yeah. effective it's
0: a, it's effective rugby. It's effective rugby. E- England have very much when you come into this w- this window we've seen them change their style dramatically, especially yeah. in the backs. We've gone from a back line of Ford, Farrell, um Jonathan Joseph, you've got someone like Anthony Watson, John uh, Johnny May, or or, ne- or, or Jack Now out wide, and then Mike Brown um at the back. Um and the basic was there was nobody um there was nobody there who had any kind of size to them at all. We we'll switched now back to having um to Farrell Teo, who's a big boy, Slade, um and then Kokanasega out wide, who is a very big boy. Uh and then also Managed coming off the bench to play to to replace uh Colin Slade as well. So you got three there's they've got ball players now, they've got pace players, and they've got pace players um as well. Uh, so yes, yeah, so England have changed their style of play dramatically. Australia still, um, well, questions, uh, in, in the camp as to whether, as to how, is, is their player disconsent or not? Where to play their players? I mean, that's always been Australia's thing is they've got these great backs, but where do you fit in for now? Where do you fit in Beal? Where do you fit in Hodge or Dame Helmut Pettie? There's, there's, the question marks as to, as to where players play is, has always been Australia's problem.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I, for me, it seems like Sheikh has completely lost the plot with with Wallabies. I mean, they, they have been like steady going backwards for three years now. Since, since I mean, right right after that World Cup final. Yep, um, and hasn't been much to smile about in the Wallabies camp. I mean, the, the only positive for the Wallabies is they're the only team to beat Ireland this year. That's the only. <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't a full strength island starting
0: side at least um, oh, sorry. Uh, um so if you want to hear my thoughts on australia go back and watch uh, i did an opinion piece called um shortcut to checker uh um australia what uh, wallabies coach which will tell you where where i think that's all gone wrong now what we need to um talk about is the elephant in the room here around refereeing quickly uh and that uh, yeah farrell Got himself involved at, on, on half time, or just before half time, got himself involved in another incident where he basically threw his body in the way of um, Rodder. There was no arms in it. He got bound, he, he, they, they both crashed to the ground uh, um, with Farrell coming off probably the worst to wear, as you'd expect against the second rower. And the referee decided that there was nothing in it because both players had lowered their shoulders. Now, it was a very strange one. I think everyone agrees it should have been a penalty.
1: Mm. Penalty, but it was a penalty too. But no, what I don't, but but, but I, oh, maybe he just called for offside, but it was on the same spot anyway, so it wouldn't it make was, any It was in the
0: same spot, but it was it was for after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the England got called offside, so it was a separate incident that was they got called a penalty. Obviously, there was no one covering behind but, barrel so if it had been called a penalty, it was a penalty try because there was no one else to to block it, yeah, uh, which would then also be a yellow card as well.
1: But also, I mean, isn't we a little bit too hard on Farrell here? If I watch it like a little bit from a Farrell-friendly point of view, I think that uh, he's actually coming into that tackle. It's not like even coming in a tackle. He's off balance even from the start, and it looks like Roda is actually going to try to smash him. And for me, what's also like... Big surprise, big boy lock of eh? having a chance <laughs> on, the, on the fly half. And he bounces down like he's fucking dying. Sorry, F word, like he's dying. And Ferrell is like, some people I've seen writing about Ferrell pretends he's injured afterward, But right after the tackle, he gets straight up in line. Yeah, Ferrell is like. Mean, I mean, come on, he's a big lock. You he's a big like, lock. He should try. Is Ferrell made of steel, steel or something? F- 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 Foul. shoulders, maybe? Let, let's,
0: let, let's be fair. It, it was a penalty. Farrell should have used his arms, right? Um, but this idea uh, I mean, Farrell is a Marmite player. He's one of those players that, that people either love or hate. And he's hated by the world.
1: Yeah, because um, <laughs> it's English. <laughs> so the, English, well, e- the English, English and good. That's the most secure way you're going to get hated <laughs> in the rugby world. Look at Murray. Told you too how much stick he takes from like forum forums and so on. It's unbelievable how much of it. They just love to hate him. So, um,
0: yeah. Basically, he put his body in the way. Uh, there was no way he was going to and to try and stop a try. Any, any, uh, yes, it should have been penalty. Yes, it should have been yellow card. Anyone, people who are saying, "Oh, it should be cited," it was never a red card incident. It was never going to get cited. <laughs> um, it wasn't dangerous uh, in, in in the way that shoulder charges can be. It was just putting his body in the way. Mister Rugby Cup says uh, Farrell gets ten, and the game would have taken a different path. Yes, it would. What that path would have been, we'll never know. Um, the it's all if buts and maybes. Sure, Farrell assisted for the try, for the try straight after the break. Um, but so, uh, if he hadn't been there, what would have happened? Yeah, who, who knows? Yeah, no, but but, um, but, but really I, I, I
1: memories, can I can see that point of view too. I mean, especially that uh, the first try England scored in the second half is like in the forty fourth minute, and it's a pretty awesome assist from Farrell on that try. It's really like it really is his try, you know. So I can understand what he, but many Wallabies fans go about. Come on, he should be in the bin, you know. <laughs> what is he even doing there? Yeah, uh, he should. But he fairly, should. fairly is a key, key player for England, you know. So to lose him for ten minutes—that's—that's that's, you like that. as an opposition for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And we'd have, we, it
0: would have been interesting to see how Colin Slade, uh, not Colin Slade, sorry Henry Slade, would have stepped in because you expect he would have stepped into to ten from to, from thirteen there, and it would have been interesting to see how that would have panned out. But it is if, but some maybe we have no idea what the result would have been. Um, if that happened, England were dominant in that second half, um, and yeah, it's it is what it is. Moving on, Portugal twenty three and Namibia twenty nine. So Namibia finally get a win on this tour. Um, they are in that group with New Zealand, South Africa, Italy, uh, and now Canada. And well, we'll actually get onto and Canada, but we we'll get onto that in a second. Um, but yeah, they 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 needed that win because Portugal are in the second in the third tier. Of European comp- European teams, Namibia
1: are a rugby World Cup team, but probably the weakest one there. And uh, they yeah. did that win. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They have, have have yet to win a World Cup game, I think. Namibia, they haven't I won a World Cup team. Don't think so. They haven't won yet, so, but they're probably going to target Canada and Italy. You know. <laughs> which, is going to make, which is going to make it even more funny because we're not going to play the first stringers against the Springboks and the Old Blacks. We're going to save them from. <laughs> <So it's...
0: laughs> yeah, I could go back and I need to check the schedule See, see because there are some crazy ones where teams have got uh, short turnarounds. And yeah, if they've got a short turnaround, they'll be resting players against New Zealand and South Africa because it's just a waste of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Next big clash of the weekend Wales 20, South Africa 11. Um, congratulations, Wales! It's the first time they've ever won all four games in a in an end of year um, tour, or end of, that's not a tour for them, is it? An end of year window, or November window. So yes, Wales in, up up into third place and quite
1: deservedly in the world at the moment. Yeah, we are. they have been quietly been building, but I mean, I think everybody's starts taking notice now. But I still, I want to see them in against Ireland and England in the Six Nations before I really. Yeah, if if they want to take that level up to be really contenders for the World Cup, let's let's see that in the Six Nations then. Because I'm I'm not convinced yet, but it's look it's looking good, it's looking good. For for, for me, you've got the probables, so it will probably be either
0: Ireland or or New Zealand, or New New Zealand or Ireland in that order, really. And then we got it could possibly be Wales, England, or South Africa um, winning it. So I think they're in that possibles group. And then you've got everyone else who just don't I don't think could string enough games together to win it. So, yeah, they're definitely in that possibles group, but um, but de- but not probables.
1: No, not yet, not um, yet. And they have been they haven't been playing. Um, I think it's also like a funny thing if you look at the ranking. Look at Wales; they haven't been playing in this year and like extremely few games against the top-ranked teams. And when you compare to the Wallabies, who played like uh, three games against the top-ranked, three games against the second-ranked know I mean, it's obviously that's going to show in your win-loss record if you. If you're matched up against the best team all the time. And if yeah. you're not.
0: Um and they, they also got the monkey monkey off the back of not being able to beat Australia and Australia mm-hmm. in their pool. Yeah, you know, Mr. Robby World Cup reckons Wales will be a surprise <laughs> package semi final or final maybe. Um yeah, I and mean, then that's definitely um they they, they they could definitely win their pool. Uh and then they but well, they, they should really go into it as favourites their pool if you would if you do it. All today. Not, yeah. Um, almost, yeah.
1: Almost, yeah. But uh, it's an I'm interesting sure. pool still. I mean, because we, especially, we can we can talk about it more after the Fiji win, you know. But with <laughs> Fiji in that group too, I mean, it's it's uh, it's like a mini group of deaf it is, yes, actually, uh, of them it, that that probably is
0: true. Uh, trying what um if there any I, I did do post match I did a live post match reaction to this game. So if you want to go and um, have a listen to me and unbiased rugby, uh, do then go back and check out that um, that video. Uh, but yeah, basically Wales deserved the win. I think was how he he put it, um, and uh, it wasn't down to uh, there were a couple of complaints um, in the social media around the referee, but this wasn't a refereeing decided game. This was uh, yeah, South Africa making too many mistakes themselves.
1: Yeah, but especially when they switch, because I thought I'm a really little bit impressed by Ambrose Papier, the the new scrum half. He looks the real deal. He got real pace both in feet and hands and thought you know. And it's when he, especially in the first 20 minutes of the second half, he he started with South Africa, built some real pressure on Wales there for a while. And he was really the spider in the web. And then they subbed him for this Ivan van Seel, who was absolutely terrible. I mean, he he was, and and that combined also with bigger coming on for Wales. And it became like completely switched. Just by these two subs, it's weird that they can... So well, small details in the game can make such a big, big, big impression of the scoreline in the end.
0: Yeah, when Bigger came on, uh, he was the the, the perfect guy for, for the the scoreboard situation, which was basically <sighs> that Wales were up, and so what they did was they just played in South Africa's half and just kept kicking the ball down there and saying, right, if you want to win this game, you're going to have to score for a long way out. Um, and that's basically how when he came on um i thought gareth hansen had a fantastic first half um and got that and built that lead uh, but yeah for for the for the game situation bigger was 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 perfect to come on at that point and it was when south Africa managed to get a bit of an upper hand in that second half um a game that i think will go get over will probably breeze past pretty quickly ireland beat the usa 57 14 um i've not bothered watching this one or any of the highlights Pretty much, I watched for highlights. Oh, you did? <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, no, no.
1: But what I think is noteworthy from this game is like or like a uh, a general thing about Ireland because you could see the same when we play Italy in the beginning of this November November series, and we play the reserves, like the B C stringers against Italy, and we absolutely hammered Italy in Chicago, and we do the same thing against the United States, and we also like we put fifty plus points on these teams, and. It's, it's only really the All Blacks who have that kind of depth that can put B, like a scratch BC stringers. But the like the structures and the in the team and the coaching is so well. It's everything is so well structured. So they just go in and hammer whoever they put on the field. Which also can be seen when both of the All Blacks in Ireland at the moment when they have injuries, that they don't really hurt that much from injuries. I mean, I mean, who fought before the All Blacks? Uh, Ireland gave a missing Connie Murray would not be a big deal. No one, no one.
0: (laughs) Well, to to, to, mean to the extent that basically uh, Hansen said that it was a it was a a ruse, and that that, that Murray would find himself to be uh, ready in time for the game. Um, But yeah, Ireland uh, clearly what um, learnt from their quarter final exit to Argentina in the last Rugby World Cup, where they had about four or five injuries and they just fell apart. Uh, And so that's uh, yeah, they've spent the last three years building depth, and it's. It's now, we're now seeing that. So, yeah. the big game of the weekend.
1: <laughs> what Yay. a big result of the
0: weekend. France 14, Fiji 21. Fiji keeping France scoreless for the second half. And that is uh, an <laughs> impressive
1: play. That's remarkable. But Fiji, they were up for it from the beginning, the Fijians. But I had a, I had a pretty good vibe about this game before because had so many of the Fijians playing in the, in the top 14 too. That they and but now to be fair also with Fiji but you should always remember with the smaller nations, because we get so little preparation time. So they actually the last test of their November windows is usually the one we have a chance to perform the best because we've actually been together for a few weeks. Finally, you know, we got some structures in it. And you can tell that because usually the the Fiji's undoing is they can't defend, you know. They will lose the structure in defence will start making stupid mistakes. And they were there were some, I mean, come on, we have an island team, you know, but still there were remarkably few of them, remarkably few of them. I, and they were, like, really nitty-gritty in defense. For, and you see, if you see, we can admire, like, tough island boys as much as you want, but a lot of times these Pacific Islanders test team disappoint to perform, like, really hard rugby for 80 minutes.
0: They also but tend to go for the it, big hit rather, rather than keeping the, the defensive structure in place. Um, yeah, Vula Vula did make a few mistakes um, in there uh, as, as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, Fran- it was France versus the French f- French Foreign Legion. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it, uh, there is there is definitely an element of that, but they did bring over um, some uh, some of the, some of the boys from the Drua. So it's good to show those pathways um, are, are in place, uh, and they are definitely moving things in the the right direction in Fiji. Uh, they're the strongest Pacific Island side by, by quite a distance now, I think, uh, and probably the strongest yeah. uh, and the strongest Tier Two team. Even though lots of people oh, talk rank, about Japan, very ranked, ranked
1: number eight, very ranked number eight. Yeah. Ranked number eight. Of the new world rankings. So, um, so yeah, so they are the but, strongest. Uh, and an interesting thing I want to comment on what you said, Paul, is. I would say like the, the three big improvers right now in world rugby is many people like say to Georgia, but I would not include them. Very it's Japan, United States, and Fiji. And an interesting thing all three of them have in common is at the last in this World Cup cycle, they all have got more opportunities for professional players and coaches to actually work with. You have with uh, Japan the Sunwolves, of course, with the Fiji you have a Drua who can play in the NRC, and with the United States, of course, you have a Major League Rugby. And it's it makes it so clear that if you give more opportunities, you will see improvements eventually.
0: This year is the first year that the United States have managed to pick a fully professional squad. Yep. So your strength and conditioning is going to be way, way better. I mean, if you just go and see a professional team versus an amateur team, um, forget everything else. Just strength and conditioning will improve your game. Uh, and that's what we're. That's that's we've definitely seen that from from the USA. They play much well. They 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 can play right the full eighty minutes rather than having to um, worry about what's coming off the bench and worry about getting tired. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's definitely been uh, has has helped. And yeah, and a good point that, that yet yeah, that those that the three teams the three teams that have stepped or that are improving are the three teams that managed to put a professional um, or with a duo perhaps the same professional uh, um, team uh, structure in place. To develop the players, um, that's very true. And there are some dicey moments in this one for Fiji, so do go watch. I, this is this is this, this one to watch the highlights for. This is what one to watch the whole game of. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fiji were also denied two tries by the TMO um, as well. Yeah, I
1: mean, probably so, p- probably good calls, but you are always like hoping for the TMO to make a mistake <laughs> when there is a t- t- when there is a tier two upset in the cards, you know. <laughs> um, and also, the I. Start-
0: I I did a, I did a live post match reaction to this one so again you go you can go watch that uh, with me and Mary uh who uh, dove deep into that one uh this 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 game um as well but as you said this throws open that rugby world cup group because in that rugby world cup group we have got Wales Australia oh, actually to give it official, the official order is Australia Wales um Georgia Fiji um and I've gone blank who's the last one is Ur- Uruguay Uruguay Urugu- so Uruguay, unfortunately, is going to have a hard time of it. They're
1: going to have a tough time, yeah. they are going to get a lot, got a lot of lessons here. We're going to learn a lot. Whereas, um, yeah, Australia generally
0: don't deal with teams like England who are dogged and up front, and they've got Georgia who are dogged and up front. So that's going to be a, a difficult game for them. Um, they should have too much class for Georgia, to be honest. Yeah, but, they should. Um, but uh,
1: but as I was, a, but, as a, but as I said in the beginning, you know, the right referee, the right weather, you know, bounce to the rugby ball, it's like monsoon raining. he's get like them an arm wrestle, the Georgian pack having a field day, the referee is seeing it their way in the scrums, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> Could sorry, happen. The, the, Could um, happen. There,
0: there is there is an opportunity for uh, yeah for, for 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 an upset there, but it, it would be an upset. Um, whereas Fiji on this form. Um, you yeah. say they're eighth in the world. Australia probably—I um, have to go check—but they're, they're, they're sixth or seventh. Um, if Ooh. you have eighth beating beating sixth, that's not a big upset anymore. Um, so Fiji are, are in with a, a real shout there. Wales should top this group, um, but Australia are definitely um, um, potential. Mister um, <laughs> World Cup says uh, we all know Australia will turn up. Probably the new coach. Stay tuned. Um, well, yes, we have to see what's going to happen in Australia. Um, it's all, what, it's
1: do you, all a- what, what do you reckon, Paul? What do you reckon is going to happen in Australia? Um, my call is that they just can't afford to sack him. They don't seems like out. it, but it's but it, it's dangerous to keep him, isn't it? I mean, because the downward spiral um, in Australian rugby right now it, it's it's going down fast. There,
0: so what they have to do is they have to replace his assistants. So I think we'll yeah. Gray and Larkin go, uh, and maybe someone like. Um, Wessels or some some of these Super Rugby guys, um, can, Brad Thorne. um be brought up as part time or whatever with um, either Jake White or Scott Johnson uh, coming in post Rugby World Cup. Even though I've yeah. heard that um, Brad Thorn is apparently on some sort of short list for post Rugby World Cup, but I think that would be an absolute disaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, to give him the head coach kick for Wallabies, he's not ready at all for that. No, no way. way. I would. I mean, if if I saw a poster on a forum today about rugby that suggested that Australia should probably go for Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown style of coaches, like smart Kiwi coaches who know they are not like in line for the top job in New Zealand yet, but there is potential in the Wallabies. I mean, they, I mean, a smart Kiwi coach, a couple of smart Kiwi coaches, they could, they could. I think. I they think could, any, bring, any they could bring
0: life, a lot of life to that Wallabies team. Don't any smart him? Kiwi coach goes. Robbie Deans, he's a smart Kiwi coach and he didn't even succeed so I think it's pretty- well. But, but if you're looking back at his results he did fairly good actually that's what I'm saying he did better than the two guys who followed him um, The um, maybe Larkin take over and bring in
1: new assistants um, wow mm-hmm. Larkin, what, what, what has he done? Brombis I, I, attack coach come on that's Sol- I, I, I,
0: I'm not sure that's, a, that's necessarily a good move personally Um, I just want to back the truck up a little bit here. Um, So uh, Flowmaster8 says, um, I live in the USA and Masonry Rugby is not um, as great or competitive. Um, It would equate to Div 3 Rugby of France. I understand it's got a long way to go, but what it's allowed the players to do is to train and have strength and conditioning um, full time. And that means that when they get to Gary Gold, um then Gary Gold has got guys that he can just concentrate on skills and structures. He doesn't have to worry about the strength and conditioning because players are now full time um, and, yep. and that they and that they actually just play deeper into a game. Um, I didn't say that that and, that and that helps in the fact that you you can still carry out whatever skills you've got in after seventy minutes rather than that we're not seeing the drop off from the USA in that last 20 that we saw, and that's how they beat Scotland, was with a last-minute goal, last-minute last, last minute kick. The way they beat, I think it was, was it Samoa in this window? Again, was with a late um, a late score. Uh, and yeah, the USA is showing that because they're all professionals now, they can go deeper. Major League Rugby has yeah. a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, I don't think it's not the Viva, Viva Premiership, uh, sorry, Gallagher Premiership, it's not the top 14, it's not Super Rugby yet. Mm-hmm. It's got a long way to go. But um, But we are seeing the its influence on the national team. Yeah, we do. Um we also had some rugby world cup action um going on. So Kenya lost to Germany 643, with Germany picking up a bonus point. Uh, that was not enough to see Germany qualify. Um they couldn't qualify. Uh they'd already uh, buy it because they didn't pick up a bonus point against Canada. Uh and then um, that means you've got to say that Germany are in some serious trouble now because they have uh, they needed their benefactor said he would only continue funding them if they could find two or three, I think it's three other people to put the same amount of money in now they're not going to every World Cup trying to find that money in those sponsors it's going to be extremely difficult um, and so we could be seeing a downward spiral um, after this of German, uh, of German rugby um, all of the Staff basically are now unemployed and looking for other jobs. That's the uh, news. Um, and then, um, Kenya, uh, so Hong Kong versus Canada, um, was the playoff. Hong Kong had to win this game with a try bonus point and stop Canada from getting a, a, a losing bonus point or a try bonus point, um, to qualify. They failed to do that, it was 10 27. Canada weathered an early storm by uh, um, Hong Kong. And then basically took control of the game after that. Um, I don't know if you watched this one.
1: No, I haven't. I've seen the highlights from it.
0: Um, yeah, so it was wet, which didn't help Hong Kong's cause. Uh, but it does rain, I can tell you, heavily in Hong Kong, so they should have been used to that. Uh, but their style of play didn't match the the, the conditions. Uh, and can- and Canada played some um, yeah played sensible rugby, gotten uh, weathered the early storm. When they got their opportunity, they scored, and then just getting their heads in front and. Um, Comfortably, yeah, uh, the game.
1: Canada been missing pretty much all of their star players earlier in the year too. And this is the first time that we have like Tyler Arden and my boys back in the team again, and they make a difference, you know, because we have, They don't have. up they have like a few top class players, you know, and they really make a difference if all of them are on the field together or not.
0: Yeah, and I think they're starting to get their off-field administration issues sorted out. Um, so that's hopefully things are heading in the right direction now for Canada. Um, as I say there, um, to, you got they've been very lucky, um, in this, uh, in that they've had three bites at the cherry to get themselves, yeah. <laughs> um, qualified. First off, they had a playoff against, uh, home and away game against USA. The USA qualified. Um, Uruguay came through the America's League, or the South America's League anyway, won that, then had a home and away game against Canada. Canada lost and again that was their second opportunity to get into the World Cup then they got to the Um and again they've been lucky here Kenya um, are a decent side in Africa or they were until they had an industrial dispute between the players and the union and as you've seen Kenya lost this game what, 6-43 they lost the previous game 42-17 and the other one 65-19 Kenya were never at the races no, <laughs> because of that Germany we're only here because both Romania and Spain uh, got um, uh, had ineligible players and got disqualified. Uh, so again, they shouldn't. The the, the, the the this should have been probably have been um, uh, either Russia or Spain here, not um, maybe Romania, but not Germany. Uh, and so the quality of opposition again has dropped right down. Hong Kong is the only team that was that was here, they took Germany too lightly in the first round um, and once they lost that game uh, this was Canada's just to to, to to walk through, so yeah if Canada hadn't qualified out, out of this one there would have been some pretty serious questions of, um, of the whole setup
1: Yeah what, you, what do you reckon Paul, do you think there's a case to expand the World Cup to 24 teams considering like, yeah, Spain and Romania were not part of it I mean, they, they, they're probably up there now, they're good enough to play the World Cup and yeah, Hong Kong, ma'am, is not too bad. I mean, I think twenty-seven ten is that's a right result against Canada for Hong Kong. I think. It's
0: well, so Hong Kong now um, centrally contracting, um Well, all their players can be centrally contracted. They have a couple of players who aren't because they've got better jobs um, that pay better than than than, uh, than being full-time players. <laughs> um, but because the, the, the salaries that those guys want are not on, are not on they're not on all-black salaries um, or our salaries by any stretch of imagination. So. Um, the But they are full time professional teams so that Hong Kong should be doing better than that, um, I think, and we, I think we will see them um, step it up uh, because Hong Kong are going to be part of this we'll have to see how this pans out, but Hong Kong are going to be a central part of global rapid rugby, yep, which again, they even put their, they even put their office in Hong Kong, I think yep, so the office is going to be headed out of Hong Kong um, okay. uh, so it 's clearly I mean, all the money and it 's all about western force but uh, they put it in Hong Kong because they don't have to deal with the Australian Rugby Union. Um, and the Hong Kong Rugby Union has basically said, you have to do what you like, um, as, yeah, is, I mean, is, is very my guess. Um, and um, so that's that's why I want to go with, with that, that's what's quite headed up out of there. But it does mean that they, they will get much more, uh, in the next Rugby World Cup cycle, they'll get much more opportunities, much more play, much more game uh, time against better opposition, um, which will be mm-hmm. good. So, yes, yeah, so look, look out for Hong Kong. Hong Kong is one of those. It's the, uh, the the Asian dragon or the Asian tiger that's uh, that's, that's going to rise up next. Hey, it's the next one, isn't it? Well, um, what, do
1: you, what, do you, what do you reckon? Do you think there should be more teams in the World Cup or not? Or do you think 20 is good?
0: Uh, I can't see how you're going to structure it with 24.
1: Oh, you have six groups with four. So
0: then so the top four, top top, top, six, uh, top, top six go through and then two others.
1: Uh, you put uh, the top 16 through, through. so it's eight teams from the group stage. So it's like all top, te- top two teams from all six groups plus the, the three best fours, makes, every, make, makes pretty much every group game exciting too. You know, it has some. It's like a value in everything. Oh, okay. Um, and then yeah, and when you play uh, one extra round in the in the playoffs. You have uh, eight finals before the quarterfinals.
0: Um, I don't think we're ready in Japan. But I can see us being ready in, if not, uh, probably not for France, but the one after that, I think we're ready for that to happen.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't have a f- fixed opinion either. Like, uh, you re- you want so much that these miners should improve, but you have to be honest about it sometimes also. that, Would it, like, really improve a product? <laughs> <laughs> or are we just, like, mercenaries? <laughs> so,
0: um, so one final game to report on. Uh, England women beat Ireland women 37-15. Um so that's a good round for England who beat uh USA, Canada um, and Ireland whereas Ireland lost to Canada and then and lost to the USA and then lost to um lost to England um, as well. Um so that wrap actually there is just one more game to come. So next weekend uh, the Barbarians host Argentina um Twickenham um but that's let's be honest that's a bit of an exhibition
1: not I much mean, los los pumas didn't make good re- <laughs> that was not a good advert for <laughs> for against scotland wow
0: <laughs> it wasn't but it's it's good to see them getting this game because quite often this game is 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 a game that sort of australia or or south africa or new zealand would get so i think it, it it's it is, uh, it is another oh. sign of of argentina rising up the ranks and becoming more me, me, oh.
1: commercial me, as well me. Maybe, maybe Argentina might be up for it now because they played so shockingly poor against Scotland, you know, so they will actually try to bring it to the Barbarians with some, like, real skill rugby. But we know they can play. We have to be fair. They can play some good stuff.
0: They can, and if they get in the right mood, it could be a very good game. It could be fun. Yeah. But I'm not holding my breath for that one. (laughs) So for Europe, it's back to domestic action. Um, Check out the Driving Mall rugby predictions for all those rugby predictions. Uh, And... um, uh, and then it's, we have one round of domestic action for you at the European Cup time, uh, which uh, again, the big daddy of the European of, of club competitions. Um, and for the Southern Hemisphere, well, it's um, time to play some sevens or take some time off, basically. And uh, ah, but
1: There's one important thing left to do, Paul.
0: I'm sorry. On. We got,
1: Yeah, yeah, we got to do like some kind of like a, a end of the year reward show. Award show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give 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 her props who we really thought were the best ones of the year.
0: Well, we had the Webby World Cup Awards um, uh, with and so Ireland took out a lot of things, so Johnny Sexton was Player of the Year, um, Schmidt was Coach of the Year and Ireland was Team of the Year and you've got to say that's well-deserved, they've only lost one game all year. Um, yep. And, um, and, and,
1: and Sexton didn't play in that one. <laughs> sorry? Sexton didn't play in that one, we lost. And Sexton didn't play that one, we lost. That's
0: very true. <laughs> and and <laughs> Um, so yes, no. I mean, you've got to say yeah, Ireland deserved uh, deserved all that, and they will go to number one in the world if they win. I think it's the next two or three um, games in the Six Nations. So yes, I think Alif. they need
1: they need they need to beat Wales and Cardiff in the third round. I think or something like that. That's so, good. Okay.
0: So that's and they have got a couple of serious games. They got Wales away and England. I oh, know Scotland away.
1: No, Scotland oh, away too. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, so
1: and I think. But Scotland, I think, just the sheer quality of Ireland presenting right now, I think Scotland needs to play like the game of a lifetime to beat the Irish now. I think the the Scotland is too much on and off, and I think the golfing quality is just too big. Wales, we know they can always bring the Ireland game into like the most dirty arm wrestle you can imagine in Cardiff, you know. Well,
0: I mean... I say um, Scotland cut Ireland to pieces two years ago in Murrayfield, so
1: we'll have to wait. No, 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 no! That was not. No, no. That's not. That's not how that game played out at all. Scotland scored some fabulous tries, but Ireland should have won that. Ireland bombed so many tries in that game; it was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, Ireland really gave it away. I mean, we bombed probably like three, four, like dead certain tries. But if you only watch the highlight, it looks like oh, look at Scotland! We're playing like flying rugby here. But if you watch the full game, and you know, like he was like a t- total shocker from Ireland. Anyway,
0: um, so yeah, <laughs> Ireland deserved all those awards. Yes, they are the team of the year, uh, and Sexton is player of the year. so That's all good. Um, Dante got the uh, emerging player of the year. Um, I think you've got to say hats off to Carl um, as well uh, for his the, the New Zealand prop who's come through, um, and probably someone like Lama. Coming through in Ireland as well, he's been pretty impressive as, as well.
1: But, but, but what about James Ryan? Was it because he played a little bit last year already? But otherwise, he's pr- for sure been like the most impressive newcomer on have seen. I mean, he went from like no one knew about it to like putting Brody and in place in the, end of the season. You know, that's 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 some that's some journey to do in one season. You know, even New Zealand, even New Zealand watches him like, who's that guy? I mean, so, he, um... he's, he's, he's been he's been impressive this season.
0: Hey, yep he's having a good, he's well, he's good <laughs> Well, it's but yeah, he's, having, he's he's a very good player as well. Um, so, uh, but yeah, probably didn't get yeah, probably because he was yeah, started last season um, a bit uh, and got overshadowed by Rico Iwani last season. And also, yeah, the, Rico, being a Lions Rico's year and he wasn't on the lines tour Um So that's probably all those, those all probably contributors did why he didn't get it last year and didn't get it this year. Uh, the so those kind of things. Any, any awards you're thinking of?
1: Mm, yeah, it should be like the best game we've seen this season, the best player we've seen this season. Can compare a little bit domestic rugby or like regional rugby, whatever, with international rugby, so on.
0: Um, um, I, I only saw the second half, um, but uh, enjoyed the, the, the France Fiji is going to live in the memory. Um, for a bit, but for me, and partly because I was there, uh, to be honest, um, Auckland versus uh, Canterbury in yeah, the it was huge that was in huge, the yeah. Cup final, uh, the the hundred minute game uh, that Auckland only led at the very end to become um, champions. So that, that that to me was my was was my game of the season.
1: Yeah, that's. Yeah, for, for pure drama, that's the, I mean that was one of the best rugby finals I ever seen. It was a great spectacle, but for pure quality, for sure uh, Ireland All Blacks. That was amazing both teams for, for 80 minutes for both teams making so few mistakes, you know that's very, very impressive stuff. And I think it's been coming a little bit just because All Blacks lost, you know, where something like the All Blacks are on the way down or something like that. no, 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 they, they play good, still all black in that game. they played really good defense. Show real grit, you know. So I mean, and, and I mean, look at what it took for Ireland to win it. It took some exceptional individual skills for them to win that game after like a perfect training ground move. It's been executed before. I mean, you really have to mix it up to break that All Blacks defence.
0: Yep. Um, team of the season in some ways. I, you got to look. I mean, it's hard to look at Overlook Crusaders and having gone back to back Super Rugby titles with Razor Road. Um, he's Razor Roddick? No, Razor... Um, Robertson. Robertson. There we go. Razor Roddick used to be a football player. Um, <laughs> boxer? No, no. <laughs> um, oh, maybe a boxer. Okay, maybe. I thought is it No, I think he was... um played, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, English maybe, maybe. Premiership yeah. player. In the 80s. In the 80s, no, no, no. Long, yeah. Long time ago. Long time ago. Um, he Showing my age. Perhaps 90s, actually. But anyway. Um, the uh, yeah, so you've got to be impressed by Ray's Robinson and what he's done with the Crusaders, uh, which is one of the, a lot of talk about he, whether he would get uh, um, the All Blacks uh, coach uh, head coach role after the next Rugby World Cup. Um, oh, I
1: have I have prediction. I have a prediction for the All Blacks setup after on, the next everyone. World Cup.
0: What's yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: My prediction is they're gonna make Steve Hansen the director of rugby for New Zealand Rugby Union. Mm-hmm. Which I guess actually is perfect, perfect position for him. You know, take care of like you are the big face out, outwards. You make the big calls and you like protect the organization. You know, that's talking with the media. That's what he's really good with. And I reckon, and then that that opens the door to make Joe Schmidt as the head coach. And I think Joe Schmidt would probably even appreciate to have been working like because he be, he's gonna be he and the players gonna be so protected by by Steve Hansen being the director of rugby. So they're really gonna go able to go deep in the training paddock, really go deep. And all and all, on all accounts, Joe Schmidt is like a guy who really builds like a super positive environment, like very demanding but positive environment. So you can, which is probably good, to close it a little bit too. You know, like it's gonna be very really gonna thrive. And the, the last the last puzzle part of the puzzle is to, of course to make a racer Robertson Schmidt's assistance. making the attacking coach of all bikes. And it's, it's. I mean, it's pure speculation, but gut feeling says that two, like two progressive rugby men, like uh, Racer and Joe Schmidt, that, that would be a happy marriage.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm more concerned about the Joe Schmidt uh, hansen marriage than I am the, uh, the, the 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 Schmidt and an assistant. We've seen how he can handle difficult assistant coaches. Because I mean, let's be honest. Um, Farrell had a, was a bit of a diff, was um, a bit of an issue with England, an as assistant coach, uh, and perhaps try to take over.
1: So he's been handled pretty well um, by by Schmidt. There. I think so, I've, no, I don't think it's about handling. I think the, the way Schmidt handles this is, I think he has a minimal ego, so that's why he can handle like really strong personalities around him. And that's why also I think I can see him even thrive in an All Blacks environment. Even if Steve Hansen would be like one cut above him as a director of rugby, he could still thrive in that because he has a minimal ego. His, his mission would be all about making All Blacks the best team in the world, winning every test that, would, that what he would see. Would, he, he, he's, he's, he doesn't seem like a guy who wants the All Blacks job like for a pure prestige. He wants the All Blacks job because it's a top gig if you're a rugby coach. That's what you want to try.
0: I guess the only other question then is around Hansen's uh loyalty to Ian Foster um and where where he if if or how he would fit
1: into anything. Yeah, 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 but but I I, I, I have to give it hurts but I have to give some credit to Gregor Paul. I listened to a podcast an Irish podcast and they were interviewing him about after the All Blacks Ireland game. And they start talking about Joe Schmidt and what you have to admit if you look like Joe Schmidt's CV that he have right now, but yeah, because what probably what you from from New Zealand rugby, you probably they, they want an experienced international coach for all backs. That's what you get, and you should be a bit you should probably be successful too. And what Joe, what Joe Schmidt has on his CV right now, no other New Zealand coach has been even close to have his kind of CV to show up with. I mean, you have like Robert Dean was very impressive in, in the Crusaders, of course, you know, but. But look at Joe Schmidt. He have taken Ireland from the eighth place to like a serious contender to the All Blacks, beating him two times in the last three times. You know, all the all the four tests since the uh, All Blacks started playing against Ireland have been like classics. They are so competitive. I mean, that's that kind of CV. Who, who else has that kind of CV can show? Not only like he's good. I already beaten the All Blacks with lesser resources. I mean I think the general feeling after after the test in Dublin I mean it was a great game but you still have a feeling that Joe Schmidt is uh, he got Hansens number I think we're friends but I also think he something about it. you know what I'm coming from no understand.
0: yes I'm not, I'm just saying uh, this isn't about how good or bad uh, Schmidt is this is about the what's the loyalty between Hansen and his current assistant in Ian Foster who for the past couple of years, everyone said he was going to be the next person to, to take over. So I just, I'm yeah, just but compa- I mean,
1: but compare, but compare Foster to Jo Schmidt. I mean, if you're oh, no, really no, looking, I'm not,
0: I, again, I'm not saying that, it's,
1: I I think think, I, he, yeah. that
0: he's comparable. I'm just saying as to would, uh, would Hanson want to take on a DOR role? Um, and then if he did take him on, did, would he have certain loyalties to Foster as to what, how he looks after Foster in that situation? That's my thoughts anyway.
1: I, think, I mean, it's even possible that Foster could stay in that setup. I mean, I can even see like I, Foster is probably good in his setup He is not now. I mean, it's, I mean, we got to give guys some credit. I mean, he's all back's attack coach, and what attacking rugby team have been done pretty damn good the last yeah. <laughs> eight nine years. <laughs> yeah. he, he, gets, he gets very little credit for that because everyone is like, yeah, but that's like a given. It's. I mean, I don't think it's that given. You know, the guy knows his rugby. Oh, but, if he's, if, but, but I don't think he's like the, really the head coach. He's not really a head coach material.
0: Well, we we'll have to wait and see. He was the name, name that, was, that everyone was mentioning before.
1: Anyway. No, um, but, but, sorry, I'm sorry but, I mean, I actually think New Zealand rugby probably have changed a little bit on the fly here. I think because the original idea was probably for sure to put Fossey in the big seat. After the next World Cup, like with all the succession plans, like betting everyone in the all-backs environment. But when then they made that strategy, there was not like we didn't know about Joe Schmidt, but he's going to do what he's been doing. It, I mean, his his results alone has changed the picture a little bit. And is, and there's, there's always still Gatland who
0: seems to have dropped out of the conversation um, as well. Yeah, so.
1: <laughs> bad luck for him. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Um, yeah, anyway. when I like finally go back to New Zealand with the Lions, you know, get the draw, you know, play some pretty good um, rugby. Still, there's another Kiwi coach. just yes, but just have to do a little bit better than him. <laughs> <laughs> right then, we have run out of time.
0: Thank you very much, sir. It is great to uh, to have you back on the show. Um, good, to the, uh, good to be back. Good to be back. and it's been a good old chat. And uh, join us tomorrow night. We'll be having the hash rugby chat. Uh, and then obviously wednesday night is the all blacks edition um so tomorrow night we'll probably look um plan to look at each of the teams and sort of give the end of the, end of season um review uh, for the uh, for the pumas wallabies uh, springboks and perhaps and also talk to talk about some of the european teams um from uh, how they've done in november uh, and then uh, we'll on on wednesday we might even have some more news uh, around the All Blacks, But we'll talk about the, we'll give the All Blacks end of year review, we'll also look at the, uh, probably look at the, um, oh, gone blank. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about next, uh, we'll talk about all sorts of stuff about the All Blacks. So don't forget to click up there to subscribe to uh, this channel down there for all the predictions that I've been talking about. And there's two videos there that if you're with us now, uh, YouTube says you will absolutely adore. <laughs>